What's up, y'all? It's Books to Bills Podcast, a podcast for the young professional. It's your girl Erica Hilling all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. Y'all am out of breath. Why? <laughs> but it's it's the favorite staff member, Shaq, <laughs> uh, from Florida. Okay, because right before we go on air every day, like we sing to get our audios in sync, y'all. And I think I sang a little bit too quick today and I ain't get enough breaths. Woo! I almost passed out over here, but I'm doing well, doing well. Glad you're all right. Mm, you out of breath because before we recorded, you hit that, that note. It took all your vocal cords out. <laughs> Rain you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is Jasmine, a.k.a. Perfect Patty, hailing all the way from rainy Tyler, Texas. Rainy Tyler, Texas. Well, Jasmine, it don't matter. It don't matter about you being in rainy Tyler, Texas, because when it's raining, the airport's still working and we about to go on a trip. We, we are go we going on a trip. On a trip. Hey, we going on a trip. So today we are going to Memphis, Tennessee, which I'm pretty excited about because I have been through Memphis, but never have stopped. And so guess what? Books to Bills is stopping in Memphis, Tennessee. Let's take a little low trip across the river over to Memphis. Yes, but first I need to ask y'all about a petty question because as, um, and this is no slight, Shaq, but as I and Erica are elevating to a different place in our, our companies, I wanted to reflect on supervisors because I'm moving into a supervisor position. Erica, will you be supervising anybody? I will not. Not, oh, not this thank time. Thank the Lord. Amen. But I wanted to I wanted to know, has your supervisor ever stopped mess between the team or are they the ones to start mess? And it doesn't have to be your supervisor now, but, you know, I think I'm very fortunate. I don't think I've had a supervisor. Well, it kind of depends on what you're talking about, but just your everyday stuff in terms of like what the team is producing, that kind of stuff. I've not had a supervisor that's that creating it. I feel confident in saying that like most of them would stop it. Even in terms of like small disagreements that could be something larger, I think I've been supported in, in such a way that would distinguish any of those little problems too, which I think I also have adapted my style from that. But all my supervisors kind of been the same in that. Um, I, I would say I've had both at some jobs. My supervisor has definitely been the the culprit, has been the point of contention, has been the Achilles heel, <laughs> if you will. But I have also worked in jobs where I felt like similar to Shaq, like I had a lot of confidence in the fact that they could, you know, manage personalities very well, manage conversations very well and take care of conflict in a very neutral way and still like make sure everybody was respected. Okay, I didn't know if y'all were going to take it there and get petty, but y'all gave wonderful answers. I do want to share my petty situation that I had to deal with this week. Okay. so first of all, I'm the youngest nurse on the team and I'm about to be supervisor starting on Monday morning and I'm also the only African-American nurse okay so it's like you know some dynamics are shifting this one nurse she be trying me y'all she be really trying me I think that she is she comes from a leadership position so I think that she's missing that she's used to being the leader and she's not anymore um 
but after the after our team meeting wrapped up, she came and she said, I need to, I want to ask you something, Jasmine. I was like, what? She said, well, I don't know if I need to ask you because you the S now, meaning the supervisor. I said, oh, okay, you can ask me anything. She's like, well, what happened at da-da-da-da-da? And I said, oh, you're being messy. You need to stop. And she kind of looked at me like, I can't believe she said that to me. But why are you the oldest on the team and being messy? I think you were, I mean, I think what you did was perfect. Because they're like in that kind of situation, don't come doing that because now it's almost as if you tried to remind me that I'm about to be the supervisor so that you can try to like create some type of sneakish bond between us. So they'll have one leg up like you was you was just sharing tea with me right before you became the supervisor. So you can help me. You can tell me now or I'm going to do, you know, like mm -mm. just makes me feel a little uneasy. So I think you nipped it right on in the bud. What's the dynamic? Prior to you becoming the supervisor? I have, let me see. Probably because I was in school, I had a full caseload. So I was only in the office once a week. We didn't really develop that type of relationship. Like I've been there for three years. She's been there for one. So it's just different. Um, but I purposely like became her roommate on a work trip so that I could get to know her. And it was cool because we respected our, you know, we had our separate rooms. We ate breakfast together. But after that, it was nothing. We ain't never been on a kiki, nothing like that. So for you to prep, come to me and preface it with, I probably shouldn't, then don't. Right. You already knew. And you already knew that. So, yeah. You already knew that. So anyway, at first I did kind of feel bad. Like, oh, I'm starting off on this foot. But no, it needed to be nipped in the bud. It don't make no sense. No, that makes sense. She tried to play you. She tried. She said that just gauge what kind of person you was going to be. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say that there are just kind of going back to your other question, Jasmine. I think there are certain things that we do professionally that if we were to do personally, people would say that somebody is messy. So, like, we know things professionally that's going on about other departments or other offices and stuff and we like share it freely like and i've done that pretty much everywhere it's like that's kind of gossiping in a sense but it's all in the context of work and not necessarily about the people as in not the humans but if i were doing that about them about their home and about their family that would be considered messy mm -hmm. so i need that a lot <laughs> thank you for your confession shaquille But anyway, so that was my petty situation. I wanted to um, just kind of, we always reflect on social media, but I wanted to say, if you are a faithful colleague, go ahead and rate us on Glassdoor, a.k.a. however you participate <laughs> in the staff meeting. <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, SoundCloud. Um, give us five stars. We asking, so we shall receive five stars and a five positive stars, comment. please. Okay? That way sow we can, you know. Sow your seed right now. Sow your seed. Amen. <laughs> okay? Someone in this atmosphere, someone at the sound of my voice, hallelujah, Shonda, is ready to give five stars. Do y'all feel it? Reach your hand to the front. Yes, yes. Yes. Mm, hallelujah. <sighs> but yeah, I just wanted to bring that to everybody's attention. That would help us. Um, and, you know, we we always welcome any interaction on social media. So please comment. Help us help you. Yes. Thank you, Shaq. <laughs> Anyway, so, you know, on the tour, on the Books to Build tour, we are in Memphis, Tennessee. I went to go look up um, in the encyclopedia. Okay. About Memphis, Tennessee. When y'all were younger, did y'all, you know, family used to make y'all go look it up in a dictionary or look it up in an encyclopedia? 
Absolutely. Other things, not necessarily Memphis. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. Just anything. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. We got two volumes for my auntie. Do. I have um, my middle school was giving away an encyclopedia set and I took it home. It was missing a couple of letters. But as far as I know, it's still sitting in that closet. I've never even took it out. And I used to think I was so smart because if you notice, the encyclopedia always had two S's. Like a lot of books only had one letter, but it always had two S's. And my name started with an S, so I always thought, ooh, I'm so smart. I was so smart, but that wasn't the reason why. Yeah. You wasn't humble either. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so Memphis, Tennessee, according to the uh, encyclopedia, it says Spanish explorer Hernando de Santo visited the area in 1541 then the french in the 17 let's say 1700s and then others but it was real i found it interesting because we always talk about the where cities originate from of course um it was indian territory and actually andrew jackson stood claim there wasn't his land but whatever stuck claim that's a nice way to put it it is. I mean, they stole it. Okay. So, but Memphis was named the ancient Egyptian city, meaning place of good abode. Hmm. So that's a little history about Memphis. Personally, I know Memphis because, you know, barbecue. I like to eat music. They got museums. I'm not necessarily a fan of Memphis barbecue. How about you? Ooh. I've never had it, but I'm pretty sure it ain't got nothing on my daddy's. Oh, Ooh. nothing. Oh, wow. I bet you a lot of people out here right now who are in. De- you know what? I'm sending this. To- soon as we drop this, I'm, I'm sending this to Justin. He has to list this immediately. I got some other friends who that arrived from Memphis. See, Shaq, you messy. You messy. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> they need to know this because this is egregious that y'all would slander their barbecue as such. You're not slandering it. I got another friend, Natasha. I'm going to tell her to listen to. Slandering? Hold on. I was with you with the with the word, but, you know, claim it. Slandering, that's harsh. I'll just say I don't prefer it, okay? My partner loves Memphis barbecue. I don't. I like Texas barbecue. That's all I'm going to say about that. Anything else you want to be messy about, Shaquille? Nope. I'm, I done told you what I'm going to say. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, Memphis is one of the birthplaces of blues music. Talk about Bill Street, B.B. Um, King. You can talk about rock and roll with Elvis Presley. Uh-uh. <laughs> Elvis Presley, yeah. that's the last we'll say mention him on Books to Bills. This is pro-black. That's it. I'm just, uh-uh. I was about to say Al Green, Otis Redding, but you ain't I, give it to I, me. I'm I was sorry. Just, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to be like. So you messy and disrespectful. Like, I, we're going to have to have a one-on-one, Shaquille, and I'm going to have to coach you. Sorry. I tried to let it slide. I you mean. just out of line. But, um, okay, so I wanted to ask you guys, have you been to Memphis and what did you do in Memphis? Well, I used to go to Memphis all the time growing up. So, you know, I just stay. My house is what, like two and a half hours from Memphis, maybe. So we used to always go as a kid. And I remember Memphis had an amusement park called Liberty Land. And we used to love to go to Liberty Land. And we went once a summer, either with the church or if it wasn't with the church, it was with the family. Like we were always there. I even remember one time and we had some relatives who lived in West Memphis. So we would go visit them like the West Memphis and Wynn area. So that's the Arkansas side of the river. And then when you cross the river to Tennessee, West Memphis is Tennessee. I mean, excuse me, Memphis is actually in Tennessee. Well, 
we would always go have all the fun over there in Tennessee and stay back in Arkansas because we could spend time with our family and all that. And I remember buying my auntie buying our first sleeping bag because it was so many of us and we needed our sleeping bag to stay in the hotel, you know, and we got our first sleeping bag and we yep stayed in the hotel. I will never forget that. So I got a lot of memories Aww. of being in Memphis, but I am ashamed to say that, and I'm pretty sure like growing up as a kid, we went by and and I just don't have any memory of it, but I, in my own memory, can't recall ever going by the L- Lorraine Motel. And I done been to Memphis too many times to name. Mm-hmm. So when we go for our retreat, we definitely have to go there for sure. But you know what I was thinking about that earlier today when I was reflecting on that? Is that for the, for Okay, so there's this Lorraine Motel, right? But for the two different types of people in America, that is a, a completely different symbol. So for black people, what does that mean? Like that was like life taken out of us, breath taken out of us, if you will. Because so, you know, and, and right now this is here to honor MLK's life, you know. But then for other people, it's like a trophy. It's like that's where we got him. That's where we got that figure. Mm. And I was just thinking about that. I said, wow, because I've just been thinking about how ignorant people are, obviously, with everything that's happening. And yeah. And that's interesting because um, a lot of people have obviously been um, pushing to defund the police and uh, a lot of different things are popping up now showing like the some of the initial reasons why the police was even started and some of the foundations of why the police forces even started and i think there are i don't uh not with Martin the king specifically but with other black figures um that have died they have always been like oh it was probably the police or the police weren't involved and even though the police weren't quote unquote involved in the death of Martin Luther king like you know, they are the people called to the scene. Um, and so we're probably inadvertently um, involved in the death of yet another black man. So it's just interesting that you even bring that up, that some people look at that and just, you know, look at that as a grave site as opposed to a memorial to somebody who was doing a lot for America, not even just black people, but America. Great. So I'm going to kind of pivot and try to, you know, give you a little history, a little trivia question. To brighten us up a little bit. (laughs) Brighten us up. Okay. That's why we're going on tour anyway, to kind of take our minds somewhere else. Um, So the question for you guys, what group made history as they became the first black music group to win an Academy Award for best song? The first one to do so was Isaac Hayes for uh, the Shaft theme song. But this group also became the first hip hop artist to ever perform at the ceremony. They from Memphis. Come on. How old? Like, can we get another hint? Bobby Blue Bland or something. I don't know. B.B. King. (laughs) (laughs) It always has. The Blues Brothers. Mm. There's always been three members. However, they have rotated over time. No, friend. No. Oh, sorry. Hope I didn't lose my black heart. You definitely did. Because three members, really? Isn't it three? They hip hop. It's a rap group. Wu-Tang Clan? <laughs> okay, just stop. Wait, Three Six Mafia? <laughs> Wait, yes. I thought that would have been like Thank way too new. Yeah, that's why I was like thinking old. 
No, but that shows that Academy Damn. Awards they come on with the come on. Damn, what movie? Like I would, I was that. See, I wasn't even in that frame of thinking because I'm like, that's way too new, especially with the other name you said. Mm-mm. How many people in Earth Wind and Fire? But yeah, I didn't think that Earth Wind and Fire had only offline. three people. I thought it just more so referred to the elements and like. Yeah, they're a whole band. Friend. You have to it's look it up, Shaquille. Earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> <laughs> I knew they were a band, but I thought it was Earth, wind, and fire. In the picture persons. I'm looking at right now, got eight of them. So, uh, wow, they Earth, wind, fire, rain, water, snow, sleet. Water, snow. I recognize that water, snow, and sleet okay. are all components of water. It was supposed to be a joke. Okay, but I just... laughed, so we can move on to the next. Oh, I'm question. sorry. Okay, it's a tough crowd. Um, Erica, do you want to do your... I'll do Black Excellence at the end. So do you want to go ahead and well, do your education? one trivia question on this game show? <laughs> excuse, excuse me, are you running Are you running the show? I guess not. I need you to sit back and worry about your segment. I'm ready. <laughs> Yo. Ooh, y'all got me dying over here. I was ready for three questions. I thought you don't impose your assumptions I, on me. Let me move to educate. <laughs> so enough quizzing and not enough educating. The same could be said about the public school system. My God, today. Mm, come on, toss test. Lead us there, Shaq. Lead mm. us there. Y'all, I'm on, I'm on my shit now. That's the only thing I can think about is just how bad they didn't treated us. Mm-hmm. So for education in Memphis, um. So, a little bit about Tennessee first. I think this was interesting to know that in 2018, Tennessee became the first state to have a full-time professional dedicated to strengthening the capacity of HBCUs. I find it very interesting that, like, I don't even 100% know exactly what strengthening the capacity, but I'm thinking, like, you know, maybe increasing the amount. bullshit on it. I'm going to call bullshit on it because that's right around that same time that Tennessee as a state defunded University of Tennessee because they had that uh, chief diversity officer and it was like a vice president for diversity or something like that. And they defunded them because of it. It was right around that same time. So bullshit, Tennessee, that was probably a response to some backlash that they got. Now, thank you for strengthening the HBCUs. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, that was just, oh. Okay, I'm going to move on from that. <laughs> but there is one HBCU in um, Memphis, <laughs> and it is called Lemoyne College. Um, Lemoyne is a private, historically black college affiliated with the United Church of Christ and is located again in Memphis, Tennessee. It resulted from the 1968 merger of historically black colleges and other schools established by the Northern Protestant Missions during and after the American Civil War. So, um, Lamorne Normal and Commercial School was founded in 1862 when the American Missionary Association, AMA, sent Lucinda Humphrey to open an elementary school at Camp Shiloh, which is in Tennessee, for free blacks and escaped slaves. This is one of more than 10 schools founded by the AMA, an integrated organization led by black and white congregational Methodist and Presbyterian ministers. 
And then lastly, what I want to share is the school was established soon after the occupation of Memphis by federal troops during the Civil War. They were based at, at Camp Shiloh, which again is Tennessee, um, outside the city limits to the south. First known as Lincoln Chapel, the school relocated in Memphis proper in 1863 from the south of the city. In 1866, it was destroyed during white race riots that broke out following the with the withdrawal of federal troops. So it's just I, I read that because, you know, a lot of people may not realize that like again you got to think about the establishment of education in america like one black people could not go to school um because at one point we weren't even considered a human and then when we were maybe considered a human we were only what three-fifths so it's just like you know so then to think about the establishment of these hbcus and to think that they were going through so much stuff like this school went through all of that <laughs> just to be established so you know it's sad to think about the fact that like at every turn something someone who you know just didn't see value in the establishment of education for black people or any anything for that matter having pertaining to black people was always trying to get in the way so shout out to Lemoyne for still standing um and persevering through the adversity during that time and um being the only HBCU in Memphis Tennessee ain't gonna be pessimistic Pete and talk about the Protestant and how that revolution HBCU so we'll say that to after the call friend but good good job Lemoyne Oh, we're going to have to take a, a lunch break for my history right. lesson. Let us go on over to a <laughs> barbecue shop. Okay. Perfect Patty is on one today. <laughs> I did look up. I had to look up. Okay. I, I had to look up. Um, the Like, this is probably the favorite of a couple of friends, but... When I started reading, I was like, I just want to make sure it's black owned. So I went to the about me section. It says the barbecue shop was originally Brady's and Little's. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, yeah, they black. Mm -hmm. Brady and Little uh, barbecue restaurant. And it was um, opened in 1981. And they, I mean, they got their little sauce together, little seasoning. (laughs) You can order they you can order they sauce and seasoning, get it sent to you if you want to support a black business, but it aren't in Memphis. Um, that would be a good way to do it. That's nice. What didn't you like about the barbecue in Memphis? This is no shade. Honestly, like I've seen the debate. I don't know if y'all have seen, is it a uh, maybe it was Kraft or Heinz, maybe Heinz had that barbecue sauce and they had one from Texas, one from Memphis, and I think one from maybe South Carolina is that the other big barbecue place? But I one I'm not big in barbecue sauce because my daddy's ribs are so good you don't need it. That would be the slogan. And so I just wonder like what special do we do y'all know or have y'all heard what's special about Memphis barbecue that is supposedly why it's so set apart? I don't know about it. What's so I don't know so great about it because y'all know I don't like barbecue and I have really never eaten it. So that's why I ain't got much to contribute here. Um, But I just know that everybody says that Memphis has some of the best barbecue. And when you go to Memphis, it's even more intense debates about the places that you go. So it's great to see that the barbecue shop is is the one you've mentioned, Jasmine, is black owned because I don't know about the one that I went to. I went to Central Barbecue when I went 
And I was, I, you know, I had a, heard so much about that and a couple other places and it all tastes the same to me. So I don't really know. Well, that'll be a question for our colleague. Who are you going to be messing with earlier? Who you say you're going to send this to? The people I'm tweeting right now. I'm going to tweet Heather, Natasha. Oh, and OK. Justin. So maybe they could give us, you know, the lowdown on the Memphis barbecue. And ask Justin what that place, what's that place he went to? I feel he he always there. Like I forgot what it's called though. He always go to this one particular spot where he always go get a plate. I was looking at what makes uh, Memphis barbecue good. It says they they have flavors coming in large part from their spice rub, salt, black pepper, and brown sugar. Add other herbs and spices. Um, their sauce is thinner than sweet Texas and Kansas City sauces, but more. Uh, flesh out than spare Carolina. Oh, they had to call it spare uh, Carolina vinegar sauces. So I don't know. We're gonna have to just try. We're we'll to see. I don't even eat meat anymore, so I don't know. Oh, dang. How are we gonna eat this barbecue? I, just, I now both of my friends are vegetarians. But remember, Jasmine, when you showed me that other thing that um that recipe that Nikki made with the jackfruit barbecue, somebody else was just telling me about that, and so now I'm about to make me some soon. So good. I just don't know what a damn jackfruit looked like, barely. I ain't never bought that shit. So it's just a big, ugly thing that's in the store. Ain't, ain't that that big blob? Not the big. You can do it like that. You can get jackfruit in a can where it's already cut up for you. It's whatever you oh, want. Oh, okay. See, I probably would want it out of the, you know, out the big blob. <laughs> do you, boo-boo? At our... Well, okay, so this is Tyler, Texas. But at our store... There was only one and it was literally sitting on the counter until it got ripe. And then they cut it up and split it. You couldn't buy the whole thing. Why? Out here, it looked, I guess it's looking like a specialty item. But in Dallas, you can go anywhere and get it. I've never even seen, I don't know that I could pick it out of a lineup. I've seen it, but I probably would get it confused with like yucca or something, which I think I recognize that quicker. Don't mm-hmm. it look like a coconutty? It it kind of look like a big kiwi mixed with a with a uh with a honeydew melon almost, but it's big. It's big. Some of them be bigger than a watermelon. Like it'd be some in the grocery yeah, stores here. They large. always like, but they're just irregularly shaped. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's good. I'm What's gonna the buy one though. I'll take pictures of mine, friend, and then I'll send it to you. The texture is like pulled pork or like shredded chicken. Those are kind of what you would do with it. And I want to make some tacos with it. I might make some pulled pork. Some, I'm just going to mix it up. You know, I'm going to get in the kitchen and whip. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, okay. We on the way. Because mm-hmm. let me tell you what's not good. That uh, veggie patty you suggested from Subway. Really? I love it. I said, what is this? Give me find my five dollars. I love it. I mean, love it. I also just, I mean, I love my full sandwich too. So you probably just getting a little old basic sandwich. You know, you probably just running up in there getting, you know, some, the meat and the cheese and some mustard, ain't you? No, I like all the veggies. And you still didn't like the thing? No. It looks disgusting. Maybe he it needs to cook a little longer, but it's Oh it's yeah, just okay. Mush. I should have told you. I get my I get my heated in the microwave and I get a so- toasted sandwich. 
that would be a key thing to tell me when you recommend it. Well, because I only get them at like about three places and two of them automatically do it that way. The other one doesn't. And so now I'm thinking that the, the other one may be what's actually standard. All right, Shaq, come on and give us an entertainment. Well, yeah, we kind of talked about it a, a, a second ago, but I wanted to talk about Beale Street. Um, I think, the, well, that's the first thing I'll be thinking about now when I go is is Bill. Have y'all ever heard of Memphis in May? Well, Memphis in May is out now. I'm going to butcher it because I ain't looking it up. I'm just going off of my head. Um, but it's like a full month of things that's happening in Memphis. And I know for sure it's like a lot of festivals and stuff. But on the weekends, I know it's a lot of people who goes. They just have Bill Street like taking over. And for those who don't know, Bill Street is could be compared to like a New Orleans, a Bourbon Street or something like that. So very similar in that you could just walk down the street, drink your drink, pop in and out of bars, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so I really like Bill Street. But the thing is. As I was wondering, so I did some research earlier. I was wondering, like, how did it get started? Because Memphis is known as what the the House of Blues, or you said it earlier, Jasmine, and I can't even remember what it was. But they got some the home of blues. Is, home is what of Memphis blues. is. But I wanted to know, like, if it came from blues, then it had to come from us, and then, which it did. And it started like the entertaining on on Bill started in the 1860s when the black traveling musicians started performing there. And so I thought that was really nice. I guess I could have really assume that but it was a, i can't remember the exact purpose of it but of course it's right off the mississippi river memphis is and so bill kind of is, is right there gets you connected but yeah i learned that um and i didn't know so started the entertainment piece started from black traveling musicians um but we know all great things came from black people um other things that i like for um Memphis Four is, of course, they have, I told you about Liberty Land, but then they also have Liberty Bowl, which is a football bowl game. And so I feel like since I've been traveling to bowl games freely, Arkansas has been there more than any other bowl. So I've been there a couple of times, um, some football stuff. But Memphis is really like a nice place that you can go for all types of entertainment because for the others, they got the um, Dolly Parton stuff over there. I think I think that in or or maybe it's not. Maybe it ain't Dolly Parton. It's somebody in Memphis. I'm gonna mess it up, but it's some other stuff in Memphis about them. But I just like all the, you know, every time I've been, I've I've pretty much parted up and down Bill. Oh, can I tell y'all this one time? Actually, the last time I was there. And see, this is why I love Bill right here, because I was on the street and I always go into these places and I'd be like, hey, can I play the drums? And they'd be like, oh no, you can't, you're gonna break our stuff. And I'd be like, no, I can play. Um, because you know, I used to play growing up. Um, and you don't really ever forget. And so I one day we was on Bill and the guy let me play. Now I had to tip him. I can't remember what I tipped him. Um, I tip him and he lets me play. And I think we end up playing like Superstition or something by Stevie Wonder. Y'all, I played and they were so shocked that I actually knew how to play. So then we played another song. So we ended up playing two songs. I don't remember what the other one was. We did that. And then why y'all, when I get off the stage, you know, of course, everybody drunk, everybody happy. So my friends screaming, the other people screaming, get off stage. Why this man gonna slide me his business card? I felt like we was in the 1970s since I was Temptations. Here you go to my, uh, you, you, you stay around here. Cause I'm need I'm in need of a good drummer. I said, sir, I'm in I'm from I'm here out of town. I don't do any of this. You can keep your car because I ain't gonna do nothing throw it away when I get back to my room. So, <laughs> but he was trying to be nice and trying to get me. I felt like I was back in the old day. You know, like you would see in a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a that cute is. story. I didn't know that one. Yep. So that's a that's I didn't even think. Yeah, I just thought about that. 
That's cool. <laughs> Can I share a funny story? It, it's not about <laughs> Memphis, but it is about oh, you, Shaq. So, <laughs> anytime that I think about going out with Shaq, I'll be like, oh, we can't go out to eat first because I can't remember where we were, but Shaq would not come in the restaurant because he's like, I can't go in a club smelling like chicken. Do y'all he's remember that? Yes. He always did that. Atlanta? And here's the thing. That was my first I'm experience. Also I can't be, and I don't like to wear cologne and stuff, you know? And so I can't be flouncing around through the club smelling like chicken wings. Do you know everybody will be laughing at me? You can't miss me and you can't not smell me. Like, goodness gracious. You made me like, I didn't think it was that serious. No, I didn't even. Who wants to go up to somebody and they smell like they just left out of the kitchen? I hate that. I hate the smell of, and I think it was it stemmed from when I was in college. We used to have this residence hall, I mean, this dining hall called Bruff, and we collectively called it the Bruff smell because we knew when people had walked in and when people had walked out, and it just smelled like food. I don't like that smell. Now, you made me self conscious about that. I, I, well, that's one time that I'm going to be happy. I, I think that's I a never good really thing. thought about it. Yeah. Nobody should be smelling like food when they go out. Especially people like me and my. I didn't side. know you didn't like to wear cologne. Mm-mm. Nope. I mean, I, my deodorant may have a good scent on it, but that's it. A lot of it has to do with my allergies, not necessarily allergies, my asthma. Okay, I learned something today. If he, any other comments about um, Memphis or Shaq? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, nah, but shout out to my friends. I said their names earlier, but shout out to the folks I know from Memphis. Memphis is one of those places where I, and I ain't even trying to say this to get no clout in, but I've not really met anybody that's from Memphis that's just not cool to hang around. You know, like that there was just seemed to be a genuine person. Now I'm not had extended, come, you know, relationships with all of them, but the people that I have met, I'm like, oh, they pretty cool, so. Okay. Now to make you a little nervous if you watch first forty eight, but other than that, Memphis is a good place. I mean, <laughs> that's be, Dallas. Dallas is always on. Baton Rouge. Yeah. The places we go. Um. Okay. So I've had four people this week. I'm gonna switch over to Ask Nurse Jay. They have been having issues with their sleep, and so been really recommending like what is your sleep routine do you have sleep hygiene are you taking a bath before um before bed are you you know using essential oils cutting down screen time and for a lot of people they've had to use melatonin or cbd during quarantine because they feel like their brain isn't turning off like it's constantly going and so i would just challenge everybody to look at their Look at their routine. Like, you know, quarantine has a lot of freedom for some people. I know some friends who are not working right now. And so they stay up all hours. They, you know, hanging out virtually or in person. That's your prerogative, whatever. But their sleep routine is really, really off. And I'm nervous for when they go back to work. Like, it's going to be hard. It's really, really going to be hard. Um, And I have one classmate, she actually moved to um, the West Coast and is having a really hard time, like switching her body and she's working nights. And so that was another thing that we talked about, like nights is just the night shift is you're working against your your body's natural rhythm. And so that comes with some consequences. It's easier for some people, but for others, it's just a hard transition and some people never transition. So. Just things for everybody to think about. 
Have you guys ever taken like melatonin or? Have I? <laughs> but let me tell you how melatonin got me through a couple of years. And when I actually reflected back on those times when I was using melatonin the heaviest, I was stressed out and had a lot of things going on. But for la- for whatever reason, I just didn't acknowledge it as such. I didn't acknowledge it as being stressed, those types of things. And obviously, like a pandemic like this is stressful to people. So I could see how folks are losing sleep. I was I mean, I was just having some sleep issues. I, I had talked to Erica about them not too long ago, and I've started back using my melatonin. So I that's why I'm, when you first said it, I lit up because I'm like, Oop, I'm guilty. But I do that all the time. And when I'm stressed, if I don't have melatonin, I'm not going to sleep. It's nothing yeah. And then one day this thing happened at work. I had been getting a lot of good sleep. This thing happened at work that just really just pissed me off and turned my whole summer around that quick. Um, And I couldn't sleep for two days. And I took melatonin trying to sleep those days. But when I get to that stress level, it ain't really nothing that I could do. What about you, E? Same. I took 20 milligrams of melatonin one time and watched the sun come up. So... I think that like at that level of stress, like really if there's something stronger than melatonin or like some type of drug is probably best. But like when I can, when I'm. Do you like drugs? That's an interesting song. Um, I don't. <gasps> oh my God. Really? By free- okay. We're going to listen to that tonight. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I probably should get some more and try, but yeah, I I've been struggling with sleep too. Yeah, I definitely like. I know that people and you know feel you on that, and one thing I did recommend was using the dissolvable tabs instead of like the sleeping pills. Um. Because that goes in your system a little bit better and maybe starting with like a five or a 10 and then go from there. It works within 30 minutes for me. Some people say, you know, like Erica, I'm taking 20 and it doesn't even touch me. Sometimes I feel like when I take a lot of it, it gets me the opposite anyway. So I wonder if something like if it is that like if that is a thing. Like if you drink too many, well, this is crazy, but sometimes if you drink too many energy drinks and you aren't hydrated on the other side of things, you could go right to sleep. It'll throw you. Mm-hmm. Got you. Okay. So the last time I mentioned that I joined the book of the month was reading A Good Marriage by Kimberly McCrate. Loved it. Finished it last night. I was mad at it. Like the plot twist was so <laughs> sick. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm so upset. Um, However, next Monday, um, the Social Justice Book Club meets and we're meeting one person, no vote. And it's been really good. Very eye opening. Another history lesson. I had to bring out my highlighter and get to highlighting because I'm like, this stuff is still relevant. Like it goes back to voter suppression. And I mean, it's just great. So I look forward to discussing now that you next said week. Social Justice Book Club. Mm hmm. Hmm. And it's interesting because. The book club is made up of people that I know from my work connections. And so often, you know, in the workplace, you might not talk about politics or things that are going on currently, at least um, it has been at my facility. But it's nice to kind of see the other side of things. But that's all I have for uh, Ask Nurse Jay. Well, guess what I got today? 
Ouais. A millennial music mashup. <laughs> so, um, I, it was something else I was supposed to tell y'all, but but I can't really remember what it is now. So probably by the time we get finished with with this one, y'all will um y'all y'all it'll come back to my mind. So I don't even know how this particular artist got on my mind, but I was talking to somebody, and then a song came up, and we ended up like going all the way down back down memory lane and i'll give you a little clue it ended up being right oh four oh five ish when the music came out but i know y'all know this song and so i've prepared a couple hints i'm gonna stop after each one to see if you 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 can guess it so this is what i'm gonna tell you about the story tell you about the narrative and as soon as you have it you let me know and you try to guess so to start a guy writes a story so a guy writes a story and perhaps he's from a jail cell or he's in this moment where he has lots of time of reflection. So he tells this story of how you should be grateful and acknowledge your blessings. Let me tell you, let me stop real quick and tell you that this song is, oh, I already told you 2004, because the very beginning of the song, he mentions a CD player. At first, I thought she was talking about Confessions Remix. But then I said, okay, that ain't it. But then when you said jail, I was like, Life Jennings? Mm. You got to keep going, friend. It ain't, it ain't ringing no bell for me now. Okay, so this particular guy, he goes on to name all these traits of women. Uh, but after each trait, he realizes that he once had it, but now he's lost it. That ain't helping? Okay. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. So essentially, he was writing this to people to warn them. Like, life ain't going to be so pretty, and the real women will still be there. Is this Jaheen? <laughs> Is this Jaheen? You got to tell me. Y'all just been throwing out names. You got to tell me when you, when you, you know, think I you got the right the name. Woman. I need you to confirm or deny. Oh, okay. My apologies. So, which ones have we said? Jaheen. No to Jaheen. Life Jennings. Yep, it's Life Jennings. <laughs> That's why I was like, dang, but you guessed it too quick. But what's the song? So, okay, but you got to finish. Uh, Wait, but don't, you don't know the song yet, so finish this line. In him, in him doing his reflection and realizing that this was his life, he has three words, colon. Must be nice. Oh, my God. Oh. Yes. Yes. So must be nice. Because at the beginning of the song, and I was like, that's going to give it away. Because he was like, I just want to. No, he was like, you'd have just flipped on the CD player. I just want to tell you that if you got somebody good, you better hold on to him. Love and hip hop, maybe? I looked up his Spotify, (laughs) y'all, and he has some music. I think it's even later than 2015, but I tried to play it and it wasn't like the old music. So I just didn't click through no more of the new ones. But he is still making music. I think he also went back to prison for a little bit. Well, you would have thought the music would have been good after that, but I guess not. Maybe he ain't staying there long enough. Well, <laughs> he got four kids, so he better stop. I mean, keep making music. He got four kids and his wife had other uh, other kids? Cause you, well, maybe there wasn't. He wasn't singing about his wife. Yeah, that's too personal. I don't know. Remember that song? She got kids. I ain't going to do one, three words. Interesting. No. All right, Erica. Go ahead. Close us out, friend. Well, all righty, all righty. Thank y'all so much for listening to the show today. 
Please like, comment, and share. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Books Two Bills Podcast on Twitter at Books Two Bills. And if you'd like to send us an email request of some sort, you can email us at from Books Two Bills Podcast at gmail.com.